Michelle is a musician with albums released as Everyone Except Me and artist behind the post-apocalyptic webcomic Stray Cats. She's kind, a bit shy, and furiously creative. Henrik is a filmmaker with over two dozen films and TV shows as producer, director, and occasionally host. He also released a couple of music albums. He's bombastic, larger than life, and tenacious almost to a fault. Together, they've been best friends for a decade. This show is awkward. So, Michelle. Yeah. You might be one of the best friends a person could ever have. I gotta be honest. That's... That's just coming out of nowhere. No, it's not. I asked you like two weeks ago. So today for people who are like, wait, why have Henrik's dogs been healthy for so long? (laughs) Um, Today is Chicano's uh, 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 growth removal surgery, which had to be postponed back a while back when he had all the issues where he had to take him to a cardiologist and spend a lot of money and do all this stuff. And a lot of people came out and were incredibly generous and bailed me out of a massive vet bill. And I'm so thankful. Uh, they paid $1,800 of my vet bill for me and I'm still grateful. And people messaged me today and were like, are you good on money? And I was like, I've, I've been prepared to pay for the surgery since they said he needed it. It was the unexpected, almost $2,000 in other vet bills that I wasn't prepared for, mm-hmm, but the yeah. five to $600 surgery, I was ready for it. I planned on it. It's okay, but thank you. You know, and then I always tell people the same thing. I'm like, if you're really that worried, buy something from my web store, <laughs> that's even better. So anyway, Chicano's at the vet. He's probably having a surgery right this second. Cause this is around the time when the surgeries start mm-hmm. and hopefully I'll get a call in the next hour or so. In fact, let me just, uh, uh, this is such a bad idea, unmuting my phone on the yeah. show. But I think I better. I think I have to. Okay. Oh, God, why? All right. I unmuted my phone. I hope everybody in the world doesn't decide to message me now. So, oh, uh, my phone is a is an iPhone Pro 13 Max. Anyway. um. Yes. Is that your screen? Yeah. Wow. It's off now. It looks so vibrant. It's terrifying. And there's my mom. It's That wasn't even full brightness. Now it's on full brightness. Well, now I can't like really see it good anymore because it's so bright that it doesn't really work. <laughs> oh, yeah. The camera's not on auto. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a it's a shockingly vibrant screen. Damn it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> it's my pride and joy. It's my um, sort of quasi Christmas present in that my mom and I split it. So <laughs> I was up for an upgrade. Anyway, I'm getting mm-hmm. distracted. Thanks a lot, Michelle. Let's stay on topic. So Chicano's having surgery. The reason that we that the surgery was worrisome was the last time he was supposed to have his surgery. They found an irregular heartbeat that they couldn't diagnose, but they needed a cardiologist to check him out. Cardiologist checked him out, found some minor heart issues that we need to keep an eye on, and then wrote a uh, surgical plan. Basically, mm-hmm. the way my the vet surgeon said today, basically all the surgical plan is, is if you start to notice the murmur, you apply this medication. That's really all it said. Okay. It's very simple. He has a very minor heart murmur. So he should be fine, but I'm extra nervous because the anesthesia is what we're worried about, not this the removal of the tumor. 
Right. Of course, I will soon have a very fluffy, adorable, and depressed uh, uh, <laughs> table lamp walking around my house because he's going <laughs> to have the cone of shame. <sighs> At least it won't be like Henwolf, who just literally, I, I, people think I'm joking. She literally came home and knocked everything off the coffee table. I remember. Yeah. But like my coffee table is full of stuff. Yeah, like I know. Candles and books and junk mail and uh, iPhone accessories and just like my, t- my, it's always full. And it was empty. There was one book. There was one book left on it. If I'm being honest, there was one book. But it makes sense because a book is flat and low and heavy. So, of mm-hmm. course, she didn't get it all. But it was like, but literally, like, she just moves and I hear crash, crash, crash. And I'm like, there is nothing on the coffee table anymore. She just knocked everything off. And her attitude was when she would run towards things, if it got caught, she would just push harder and push past it, <laughs> even though she's smart enough to know to back up. She didn't want to. So that's exactly it. That's exactly it. That's Henwolf's entire deal is that. So, yeah. <laughs> so Chicano is my little tender baby boy and he was very excited. We had to get up at seven in the morning. Both the dogs were like, what? No. Okay. And then they both went out to pee reluctantly. But then the second I pulled that leash out, Chicano started barking and wagging his tail and getting all excited. And I was like, we're going to the vet. He, okay. On a scale of one to 10, Henwolf's love of the vet is a 10. Mm-hmm. She loves going there. She loves the people there and it's saying something because she's had three surgeries there and she loves going there. Yeah. Granted doped up Henwolf is really scary and hilarious, but that's a whole other conversation for another day. Chicano on a scale of one to 10 likes the vet a six, maybe a seven. Mm-hmm. He does like the vet cause he likes new people. And especially over the years that I've had him as he's kind of relaxed and become more confident and become more, um, more of a good boy. You know, he's just, he had a hard life before he got here. And I can tell though, that over time he's softening to like his, his distrust and his, his, uh, skepticism of people is really loosened up, but that boy loves other dogs. Like he just sees another dog and he looks at like, can I be friends with that dog? And I'm like, maybe I guess go sniff (laughs) its butt and see, I don't know, man. Like I'm not your dad. I'm, I'm your stepdad. I'm your cool stepdad though. Like, (laughs) like the kind of stepdad that sits backwards on a chair and you can rap about your problems to him, but I am your stepdad nonetheless. (laughs) But so, yeah, so Chicano is getting a a tumor removed for those who haven't, cause this is a, this has been a long haul of talking about Chicano's tumor. The tumor is not guaranteed to be benign or malignant. Mm-hmm. We think it's benign. It's likely to be benign, but the only way to know for sure is to remove it and do a proper, a proper test. Right. So the good news is Chicano, much like Henwolf, they both have a lot of loose skin so they can get really wide margins of removal and then stitch it together and they heal fine. Mm-hmm. So they're removing it because they couldn't guarantee it was benign. And he should be fine. The, the, Oh, that's the other thing I forgot to mention. The one thing we do know is it is not aggressive. They were able to look at it and see how it's grown and be able to say, this is not growing fast at all. That's why okay. after his heart thing, mm-hmm. they were like, take a couple of months before you come back. If you want, you know, so you can save up some money or in, and I just wanted to let Chicano have a break from being vetted so much. Yeah. That's really why I waited a few months is because he was 
you know, he was being vetted so much. We had to put a holster on him that had six electrodes to monitor his heart for 24 hours. And he just hated life while that thing was on. Mm -hmm. He would just look at me and be like, why do I bother? You know, he just, he, he, I remember I took him for a walk and he was like, uh, I love walks, but I don't love anything now. And he just like walked slowly. <laughs> so to be honest, I imagine that when Chicano gets home in his cone and he walks in the house, I imagine he's just going to flop down on the ground and be like, I give up. Yeah. So he has had surgery one other time about a year and three months ago. He got his teeth cleaned, which is technically mm -hmm. surgery because they have to put you under. So and he handled it well, but he did walk into the house and just decide he didn't care about anything at all anymore. Mm -hmm. So I just, I just picked him up and set him down gently on the foot of the couch and laid with him. And we just, and uh -huh. I slept a few hours with him. He's a snuggler and that's the best way I can think of to make him feel okay in his circumstances just to, cause he loves being on the couch and he loves being cuddled. So cuddling him on the couch is the way to go. Mm -hmm. The absolute way to go. Yeah. So that's what I did. Okay. 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 Well, I guess. <laughs> You're like, I'm not giving him this one. I'm not giving him this one. He can't have it. <laughs> so anyway, so that's what's going on. Oh, and, and this all has a point. Shockingly enough. The point was I am a worrier and I have anxiety. So I asked you like two weeks out. I was like, is it possible you could just keep that day somewhat free if you can just so i can like bug you and we can do the podcast and, I, and we can watch some anime together or something just to keep my mind off it because i'm going to worry the whole time and you actually did that's the mind blower of the whole thing why would i no why would i not you i said i said like okay unless my work schedule yeah. changed because i was just switching yeah of course to a different store but like I said, okay, like, I know, but it was just, it was just a very nice thing of you to do. You didn't have to, I'm obviously okay, but it but, is nicer to be able to bug, bug you the whole day about yeah, it. And, you know, it could have, you know, like I, you don't know how you were going to feel. Yeah. So. That's, that's the thing is I was like, I don't know how I'm going to feel. I think I'm going to be okay, but I don't know. Uh, so. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so I think so that's been my, my day and my good buddy, Michelle has really come through. So, I mean, if you were local, I would have been like, can you take a day off work and we'll just go to the movies or something? Mm -hmm. But you know, you don't. So hate having, I never have my phone not on silent. Have I ever told you that? Yeah. I live in a world where my phone is always on silent like forever on silent. Mm -hmm. The only time I shut silent off is if I'm waiting on a call or a text that's important, but I'm going to take a nap. Then I'll like lay down and I'll turn the phone off of silent. Mm -hmm. But in day-to-day -day life, I just listen for the buzz. Maybe that's part of my severe anxiety. I don't know. Uh, it sounds kind of like it might be. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think a lot of people have their phone, you know, like that uh, all the time. I don't because I will miss things. Yeah. Um, which is also frustrating because I, if if I'm really stressed out and my phone keeps going off, I will just be incredibly stressed out. Uh -huh. But if I turn off the sound, I won't hear what's going on. Ah. I need it. 
but also have cool sounds for everything. So <laughs> that's true. You do cool anime sounds. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I don't think there are any that aren't anime sounds, except for the like the system noises that I was like, eh, I don't know, I gotta change it. <laughs> it's okay. Well, back when I used to have phone sounds, I had I don't know if you remember, but way back when when I had like a not a flip phone, but you know, like a razor or whatever. Or actually it was a flip phone, but mm-hmm. I changed all of the program sounds to Star Trek sounds. So like uh when I got like a text, it was like the 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 communicator badge blinking. Mm-hmm. And when I got a like picture message, it would say receiving transmission. That's cool. No, it's not. No, it's, it's cool. not cool at all, but I stand by it, but it's not cool. <sighs> yeah. I'm always amazed when you do the show and your fucking phone's not on silent. And I'm like, how so, does sometimes that happen? I forget. <laughs> it's on silent right now. Is it? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to believe you because I choose to believe you. well thank you so uh what i actually wanted to talk about the show was not all of that but that was kind of a i wanted to set that up to point out to people so they know what kind of friend you are Mm. an excellent friend a good buddy a uh, ride or die if you will (laughs) but um i wanted to talk so i went down to georgia I was looking for a soul to steal. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. (laughs) I was in a bind. I was way behind. I was looking to make a deal. Bum, bum, bum. No, uh, I went down to Georgia to see my old friend, Andrew Shearer, Mm -hmm. and uh, his beautiful family, and to attend the Gonzerific Midnight Movie Show, which I've been going to for, since 2009, I've been attending it down in Athens, Georgia. And I love going there. I love the people there. It was, you know, it was, it was not entirely average. You know, the, the Mm -hmm. venue had us show vax cards and wear masks. Um, and I don't love wearing a mask, but I, I really, the reason I hated it wearing the mask was not for, it wasn't because I couldn't breathe because it's not like I was gonna have to wear it for six hours or something. It was that, um, we were all sitting in the lobby. Like we always do at those shows and hanging Mm -hmm. out. But like there's light music playing and it's a lobby and everyone's wearing that. I just, I was, everything was, sorry, what? Again? Okay. Huh? Sorry? Again? I, and I yeah. hate doing that to people. Like, yeah. Yeah. It drives me crazy. Mm-hmm. So uh, doing that, I, mean, I just don't like doing that to people. I hate making people repeat themselves over and over again. Yeah. It's like when I did my first convention and I was like, oh man, like. Because it's totally, it was uh, optional. Masks were optional. And anyone who came up wearing a mask, I, I didn't care that they were. But if they came up wearing like an N95 or a Can95, I was like, okay, here's another person I cannot hear over the sound of the show. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's just, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a barrier on top of all the noise. I think if it was a quiet place. I'd hear them fine. It's just that, you know, also, um, you know, I, like those were people I didn't know too. So some of them may have just been really low talkers mm-hmm. as well. And they're like, yeah. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm, gonna, I'm never gonna change the tone of my voice, but I'm gonna put it there so I'm sure so I'm never gonna change the way I talk. And I talk like this. That's what I want in my life. So <laughs> 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 But 
no, so that was a little awkward, but I still had a great time hanging out with those people. It started to get cold in Georgia right when I arrived naturally. But the, so the first day I was there, I was like, wow, 71 degrees. And the next day I was like, wow, it's getting cold. And then the, the, the final night I was there, it was the first frost um, wow. that they'd had. So it was really like pretty chilly, even by Ohio standards. It was pretty cold. So, but it was a nice trip. Good. It was fun going down. I stayed in, uh, t- in Tennessee at a hotel on the way down and it was nice that it was so warm down there that pools haven't even closed yet. So I was like swimming uh-huh. in the pool at the hotel, but then a severe thunderstorm was about to come. I posted a video. I think you probably saw it. I, I posted a video it. on Facebook yeah. where I was like, I'm hanging out in the pool. And I was just showing like how look at the back and you just see like this giant storm front. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm going to stay in as long as I can, which was like nine minutes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Wow. I wouldn't have even stayed in that long. Well, the moment I felt any water falling from the sky, I got out and was done. So mm-hmm. about eight or nine minutes later, there was little, little like drizzles and I was like, all right, time to go inside. Mm-hmm. Peace yeah. out. So, and that was, but that was nice. And it was nice spending like a rainy night in a hotel watching squid game being creeped out. Yeah. It's fun. Have you finished squid game? No, I have two episodes to go now. <sighs> and I was trying to watch episode nine last night and something was wrong. And I was like trying and it just kept loading and loading. And I like, Closed everything out and opened it back up and it was doing it again. And then Netflix was like, there's a problem with this title. Watch something else. And I was just like, okay. You're sending me mixed signals. All you do is yell at me to watch Squid Game. And now you're saying I can't watch Squid Game. Yeah, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. When was that? Was that last night? Yeah. Oh, you know why? Mm. Because everyone in the world was watching Tiger King season two. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I mean, Tiger King season two came out and that's one of the most popular shows Netflix has ever had. So I imagine people were watching Tiger King season two. So they like crashed Netflix. Is that what you're trying they, to say? They probably choked their uh, servers in certain areas. That, that, may, that so, would make sense. Because you also have to remember, like you live, you do live near a very high populous area. Yeah. You know, Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like that movie with Tom Hanks and AIDS. Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> No, but I mean, because like I live in a, uh, you know, a small city is next to me. So we don't get a lot of that choke. But like I know people who live outside of like Atlanta and New York City and stuff like sometimes the Internet just doesn't uh, doesn't have it in it. <laughs> it yeah. doesn't have the ability. So but I'm sorry. That sucks because Squid Game's so good. Yeah. And and whatever her name is, thing, bad things happened. And yeah. then episode eight was like 30 minutes or something less than that. And I was just like, what? It wasn't that short. It was really, really short because I because I started because I was done at 906 and I don't know what time I started watching. Hmm. I don't know. It sounds like you're lying to me. No, I'm I think checking because I was watching um something and then. I was like, okay, that's enough of that something. Which episode did you say that was? Eight. Episode eight. Oh, shit. You're totally right. Yeah. I should probably mention that when I watched episode seven, eight, and nine, I was sitting up in a hotel room, guzzling Diet Coke, trying not to fall asleep. So I probably didn't notice it ended so quick because I was just so like, you know rocking and rolling because i was like oh i'm gonna go to bed i'll finish the rest when i get back to ohio and then i looked at the thing and went but there's only like two episodes left and i was like i uh, 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 let's do this because sometimes in the course of human events it becomes necessary to stand up for yourself and what you believe in no 
like that moment with Squid Game. No. There's no doubt in my mind that that was what had to happen. Mm-hmm. So it's important to me, Michelle. You're so mean. Okay, so. <laughs> but, well, I hope you get to finish it soon. Maybe one day. And hopefully one day you'll watch Parasite. I was going to watch it on the day before the yesterday. No, the day yeah, before Tuesday. the yesterday. Very good. And I just fell asleep immediately. Like, <laughs> I'm so tired. <laughs> it's okay. It's no. Okay. Have you tried amphetamines? No. I mean, yes. <laughs> It doesn't really seem to work. I would be shocked if they didn't work. Well, be shocked. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, and I also, since last week we talked about 13 Game of Death, that Indonesian movie I like so much, Mm -hmm. I was able to obtain an inexpensive DVD of it and had it sent to you. So you should have it later this week. Thank you. You'll like it. You don't have to watch it tomorrow. You just have to watch it the day after tomorrow. Okay. Or else. So, okay. <clears throat> so I was going somewhere with talking about going down to Georgia. Oh. It wasn't just me recapping my life. It was actually setting up something. Which is that Andrew, my buddy down in Georgia, has been my one of my best friends in the entire world since I was about 16 years old. Mm-hmm. Which blew his mind when we were talking. And I was like, you've been my best friend for like 20 years. And he was like, really? And I was like, well, I'm 35. And he was like, shit you know like he was very surprised and i was like yeah you've been my best friend for like a really really long time and unfortunately one of the elements of being my best friend for so long is he's seen a lot of good and bad he's seen some bad times for me but he's also you know been in my friend groups and seen people turn bad Mm -hmm. yes michelle i'm finally bringing up the topic of bullies After months of saying I want to talk about bullies, I'm doing it, man. Oh, okay. I'm doing it. Okay. You can't stop me. Don't try. It would be easy to stop me. You could literally say anything and I'd probably get distracted and talk about something else. I'm such a blabbermouth. but... But no, I want to talk a little bit about bullies because I found that as I get older, there are still bullies. Waiting in the wings to push you around. And oftentimes the most interesting thing about adult bullies is they're not, they they act like they're the cool guy or the cool girl. They act like they're the person who has been bullied and would never do anything like that. And in reality, they're like pushing you around, jerking around your bullshit, you know, bullshitting you and telling you lies and gaslighting you and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I really noticed that now. Of course, my experience is worse because I'm in show business and that makes, first of all, show business makes everything worse. Everything. Show business is the polar opposite of MSG. (laughs) If you put show business into anything, it is immediately worse. That's sad. (laughs) So, you know, if, if, you know, many people grow up and some of their friends kind of grow, they grow out of being friends with them or whatever. Mm -hmm. But when you're in show business, people it's, it's not about growing up and growing apart. It's about success. If you become successful, it really brings out the hate in some people. And so I just want to talk about a general bulliness and maybe I'll go into some detail about, I had a very bad experience a few months back with being bullied by someone that had been a very close friend for like a very long time. Mm -hmm. 
But I want to ask you, first of all, Michelle, were you bullied as a kid? See. Go on. Why don't you like, like <laughs> we could have talked about this when you originally brought it up like six months ago. And maybe I would have remembered. Or you could have brought up and like, hey, Henrik, didn't you want to talk about bullies? No, because you had like that day you had something like really profound and important that you needed to discuss. And I don't know what it was. <laughs> That's how important and profound it was. <laughs> At the time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's up to interpretation because I don't actually know. Maybe, like, I, I, I don't, yes, but also I think I, like, it's really hard because I'm really good at gaslighting myself. So I don't know. You know, like, are you um, sure you're good at gaslighting yourself? No, I'm I not. Don't think, I don't think, I don't, maybe you don't gaslight yourself. I know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, like, you know, I, I grew up in, you know, an area where people were like not, you know, hitting each other really, and like there wasn't a lot of physical bullying. Um, well, so I think that's al also a girl thing, too. I've heard from most people that girls don't get physically bullied so much mm -hmm. as men do. You're, I mean, you're, yeah, probably right. I mean, especially when we were growing up. So, yeah, go, that, please. That being said, I do know some guys who were kind of bullied and they were bullied the same way. That kind of like. Oh, yeah. Like, like psychologically. Oh, yeah. No, they, the, I did not mean to suggest that male bullies lack any creativity in the realm of psychological torment. Um, <laughs> see, when I was a kid, <laughs> I was bullied relentlessly. Yeah. Uh, I know you know because we're it's always it's always fun to be like so michelle were you bullied you're like not very much and i'm like hey michelle how's your dad and you're like he's good we have a great relationship and i'm like yeah it's gotta be great to be michelle <laughs> do, do, do. you know uh, <laughs> i'm not saying that i wasn't bullied yes. i am just saying that it is very hard for me to say absolutely yeah and and know that i'm right you know like mm -hmm. because i don't know if i'm right about anything um but uh, but there were like two kids that I called and left really angry voicemails. What? Whoa, whoa, whoa! I've never heard this before. What? I must have told you there were these there were these two kids who were, to the best of my knowledge, kind of like making fun of me and just kind of jerks. And I was really tired of it, so I called. That was like it was whenever the hell that was, and we all had like the you know books of everybody's numbers. And so it was like fifth grade and I just like called them Wait, and neither of them were in home. fifth grade. You had a book with everybody's phone numbers. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. That did not happen where I grew up. Well, it must have happened where I grew up because I had them and it was definitely in fifth grade. That's so weird. Like that's just begging for prank phone calls and stuff. I yeah, remember sure. as a kid, like you had to hunt down the phone numbers to prank people. Hmm. Yeah. My house got prank phone called a lot. I know. <laughs> Anyway, continue. So <clears throat> I was like really angry. Like I got like all sort, you know, I got all like righteous indignation. -y and I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to make them stop. I'm going to actually call them and like talk to them and be like, you can't do this anymore. So luckily neither of them was home. So I just, <laughs> so I just like called them and I like left really mean, like not mean messages. I just said like, you got to fucking stop it. You know, like basically 
to these two kids. One of them got grounded. Yeah. And the other one, like, I don't know if he got grounded, but like he like the next day or whenever came in to school and he was like, was that really you? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, cool. (laughs) And then you were like best friends. Yeah. No, no, no. And then he was like, do you watch anime? No. Uh, And I was like, no. (laughs) Because you were smart enough to know a trap when you heard one. No. uh, (laughs) Wow. That's really wild. Um, I remember on like Fridays, that was when I would get like a million prank calls. I used to take the phone off the hook while I watched movies because the phone would just keep ringing and it would be, it, you know, it was not like it was, it was just them like calling me to tell me my sexual orientation or to, uh, uh, you know, stuff like that. It was, it was all, it wasn't anything like we're going to kill you. That was in person, uh, through action, mm-hmm. like being pushed down a flight of stairs. <laughs> Or having the the library door opened into my face. That one was really dangerous. I, in defense of those bullies, I do not believe that they thought that I could get hurt that badly by that. I really think they just lacked the the common sense of like, wow, that door is really heavy, and if it mm-hmm. hits him, yeah, it's gonna like really hurt him. Yeah, because they like did not seem happy when it hit me and I like fell to the ground and I was like really fucked up. Yeah. Uh, they did not seem to, they were not laughing anymore. I mean, they were leaving, um, immediately. So yeah, that really hurt. That was like a big, heavy wooden door and it cracked me right in the face. Um, and almost broke my nose. So it's good times. Um, but the worst was probably like, they used to spit on me on the bus. That was like their big thing. I would like be on the bus listening to my headphones and they would like spit on my back. Like, like, like a lot. So I would spend, Mm -hmm. I would come home um, and just like be scrubbing my backpack to get all the loogies off while I listen to like angry rock music and, uh, and stuff like that. So I'm going to tell you something that is like really bad idea and you should never do it. But Mm -hmm. I got so tired of being bullied on the bus. I was being bullied on the bus a lot. This is in middle school. Mm-hmm. I was being bullied on the bus a lot. And finally I decided that the best thing I could do was so terrible. I can't believe I'm going to share this. Columbine had happened recently. Yeah. So for those who are zoomers, Columbine was like the first major school shooting in the American consciousness. So what I did, uh, Sorry, I keep thinking it's something important and it's never anything important. (laughs) So what I did, I didn't like spread a rumor I was going to bring a gun to school or something. I didn't do that. That would be dangerous. Yeah. But I spread a rumor that I had a stun gun in my backpack. Mm -hmm. Like I told a kid that was kind of friendly with me and told him to tell other people. And that worked. (laughs) They stopped. But. I cannot overstate like if like the level of bullying you experience when your own mother like sits you down and tells you that like if you get sent home because you punched a kid in the face, she will not punish you mm-hmm. <laughs> because she knows like how obscene it is and how and like so if I need to defend myself, just do it. Yeah. And like, you know, the school can suspend you, but you can come home and I'll get you McDonald's and rent you some videos because you didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. They're wrong. Um so I, that never happened. I was never big on fighting back. I was big on just taking a beating. I mm-hmm. always felt like that was the only option. <laughs> I wanted to make it sound heroic. And I was like, no, no, no. It's just, I could definitely pull that off. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, and I mean, there was other stuff too. I think I talked about this on the episode after my aunt Betty passed away. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, some kids came uh, to my house in elementary school. They, they came to my house and just start in fifth grade. It was, they came to my house and just started like panging on the windows and stuff and like right. threatening me. And it was really scary because they followed me home. Uh, my house would get uh, toilet papered and egged. That happened a lot. Well, because of the way the school buses run, everybody knew where my house was. Yeah. So, but uh, also weird last name. Everyone could find my phone number. They'd be like, huh, let's see if we can figure out which Kuto is his mother. Oh, it's the one. Mm. (laughs) Ta-da. Yeah. So, but the worst was definitely like the being spit on. And the problem, the problem was I felt terrible for my mother because there was nothing she could do. You know, there was, there was no, yeah. like she couldn't, what would she call the school? They'd be like, well, we'll do what we'll do what we can. They didn't do anything. Not saying that they really could have. I'm just saying they didn't do anything. You know, they, they could have oh. just beat up those kids. Right. Uh, I think they were frowning upon that by that point in the nineties. <laughs> no more corporal punishment unfortunately it was being phased out mm. they were they were like okay we're like in that awkward transition where like corporal punishment is mostly out and we're just about to start participation trophies like <laughs> 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 so no but i mean you you what you know what are you supposed to do um it got yeah. to the point where my my mom and um and uh my dad even who, you know, let me tell you, my dad was full of great advice, like nothing. He had no advice for me about anything. Uh, and, but he was the one who would be like, you know, punch him in the face. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, thanks felon dad. You know, like he's got, <laughs> he's got ideas. <laughs> I mean, he made it, he made it through the joint. So he must know something. Yeah. So at least he tried, you know, he tried yeah. to give me some advice. He was just, you know, punch him in the face. Um, (laughs) so, but that's not, I didn't want to necessarily talk about my mortifying childhood, which I'm, I I love telling it to Michelle because I can just see her like the total horror on your face as you learn about what my life has been like. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, so that's all to say that as an adult, I occasionally will be in a situation where all of a sudden a a switch will flip and I'll be like, I'm being bullied Mm -hmm. and you know, I'm an adult. So when I, when I realized like I'm being bullied, I'm like, fuck this. I'm going to get in my car and leave. I'm going to go back to my house. Mm -hmm. Like, fuck this. I don't have to be here. I'm not in school. I'm not in prison. You know, I'm not in anywhere where I can't. It's my mother just blowing up my phone. (laughs) (laughs) I promised her I would go to Best Buy and pick up her AirPods Pro. So she's like really excited. I'm guessing that they're ready for pickup right now. (laughs) But but no, I just realized that. I'm like, you know, I'm an adult. I can stand up and be like, dude, fuck yourself. And then go home Mm -hmm. to my home, watch my television, work my job. You know, like I don't have to put up with that. Yeah. And, but that's not always easy. And I will say like the amount of strangers that throw bullying toward me is really minimal. It's people I've known for a long time who are having problems, you know, Mm think I don't, I'm smart enough to know it's not about me. Yeah. 
and it was never about me. I was, I mean, well, don't get me wrong. In high school, it's because, yeah, I mean, I looked like a loser. I mean, I was like, I had long hair and I wore wrestling t-shirts. I really, I should have just like wore a shirt that said like, please like harm me and make me need therapy. You know, I should have just like put that, wore that shirt every day. Would they have still bullied you or would they have been like, cool shirt? That's such a cool shirt. Can I get one? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, but. It's, it's just so weird. You know, I'm 35 years old and I have friends who are older than me who are in a similar field of work than me, uh, as, as me who are just throwing shade. Like, you know, like they're a goddamn cumulonimbus cloud. Ooh, that was good. Henny. Thank you, Henrik. Yeah. But no, they, they're like constantly throwing shade and, and giving what a, a great term, uh, the comedian Albert Brooks uh, penned it. It was called complisults. Mm-hmm. <laughs> compliments that uh, are uh, insults that are packaged as compliments. What's backhanded compliment? There we go. Yeah, backhanded compliment's a good way to put it too. Mm-hmm. So it's like, uh, okay, here's a good example. When my fir- The first film I ever did that came out in Walmart stores. That's a big moment for somebody, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. have a movie in Walmart. I got a message from a fellow filmmaker. Uh, you know what? No, I don't care if I'm a dick. I don't care if I'm a dick. A filmmaker who is substantially less successful than me, even eight years ago. <laughs> now I'm on a different planet than them as far as success. Mm-hmm. That being said, I'm a fan of their work and I'm that way. Like, I don't like that guy very much anymore, but I still liked his movies. They were funny and good. But it's not about me. So he felt the need to send me an email, a Facebook message, and say, hey, man, congrats on the on the Walmart thing. Like, uh, I, I wish I could check it out, but I would never shop there because, you know, it's it's, you know, I have morals about it. And I was like, okay, that's all I had. To- <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's not constructive. No, no. And then, of course, there was a famous guy who said, like, no hate against you. I would sell out if I could. And I was Mm -hmm. like, and I was like, you know what? That guy I let have a little bit of my mind because I didn't know him well enough to feel bad being rude. But I was like, you know what, man? I financed that movie independently. I wrote it by myself. I directed it myself. I edited it by myself. I never made a single, this is the movie, a bulldog for Christmas, which is a family comedy. I never once got a note from anyone on planet earth saying do this or do that. It was my concept from soup to God damned nuts. And Walmart took it. Mm -hmm. That's all there is to it. So if selling out was just the action of making a movie that I liked and had a great time doing that Walmart happened to probably want granted, I never in a million years thought Walmart was going to take it by the way. I figured they'd be like, this movie's way too cheap. Peace out. But they did. Mm -hmm. That was the movie that ended up playing like television in England. It went everywhere. It went everywhere. And that's when England started bullying me as a nation on IMDb. They started like saying like, kill yourself (laughs) in the IMDb reviews and stuff. Um, I remember because my buddy Vince went on amazon.co.uk and just started insulting back all the people who were insulting the movie. And he was just like, (laughs) he would just say like, he would say like, you make a really good point. But at the same time, you live under a monarchy, LOL. (laughs) 
it was like if you hate the movie so much you should try throwing them all in the harbor believe me it works <laughs> stuff like that <laughs> it was really funny <laughs> but i don't want to make it sound like i mean i am don't get me wrong there's that whole thing where it's like having a thick skin does not mean that you do not get harmed. It does not mean that you do not feel things. It doesn't mean that it doesn't hurt your feelings to be insulted or, or, or put down or whatever. But I don't consider bad reviewers bullies. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I mean, they're bully adjacent, I guess. But they're not bullies because a bad reviewer, they don't like hang out at your house and fucking pet your dog and, you know, have dinner with you. And then push you around and make you feel like crap. They don't. Mm-hmm. They're just some rando who's trying to get the in pro wrestling terms. They're trying to get themselves over by put by putting you down. And wrestling getting over just means getting the crowd to like be on your side or to get okay. you, you know to get uh, attention. You mm-hmm. get over. That's what it, that's what it really comes down to. Yeah. So, but it just fascinates me. It, I always said ever since I started you know, doing this as a full-blown career, I said, like, if you want to know who your friends are, have success. You will find out immediately who likes you and who doesn't. Because for every one of those jerk-offs who would talk to me like that, I have friends who to this day are like, holy crap, you have them because now I've had like three or four more movies in Walmart. Like, holy crap, I saw your movie at Walmart. I went ahead and bought it, even though I already bought it. You know, at the premiere, but I wanted to have that one because it's so cool. It's at Walmart. And those Mm -hmm. people literally make my entire life function. And I don't think they realize it and not, I just want to say, and not because they're handing over cash, although that's nice, that helps, but because they took the time to let me know that they liked me and what I'm doing and that they were thinking of me. That's the kind of stuff that can make you wake up in the morning and look at a bank account and be like, I am negative $7,000 and I don't know where the next check is coming from. And then somebody says something nice like that to you and you're like, I'm going to keep going. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, that's all there is to it. Yeah. I've had so many nice messages come in that made me go, yeah, I was feeling kind of down. I'm going to have to let that go because this is, this is working it out for me. So I'm very thankful, incredibly thankful. But I just get so blown away by how some of these people, these bully types, first of all, they like to pretend that they're not bullies. They like to pretend they're nerds. They like to pretend they're on the counterculture. They like to pretend that they are not stomping around and literally acting like some kind of a jock in high school because, you know, they wear sleeveless t-shirts and friggin' trucker caps and, uh, you know, and they watch reefer madness. Oh man, you're so you're so, you know, different than everybody else. But the fact of the matter is, it's just like this brilliant facade for like the same little dick syndrome that it, that it plagues all bullies. And it doesn't have to be a literal dick. It can be the figurative dick of your own self-worth in your mind. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so funny. I'm, I'm saying all of this when I could have just said what my mom says. Consider the source. It's about them and not you. The end. That's... <laughs> <laughs> That could, I could have saved us 25 minutes if I had just said that. Cause that's what my mom always says when people treat me this way, of course. Mm-hmm. Well, well, and then immediately followed by, so what's their address? You know, <laughs> I, I, I worry that mom will hear like some of this stuff someday and like kill somebody. Cause she's scary. My mom is scary. My mom is from mm-hmm. hazard, Kentucky, and you can take the girl out of Kentucky, but you can't, she'll kill you is what I'm getting. It's just, that's <laughs> the end. Of it. I don't have a turn of phrase there. It's just, she's. She's dangerous. So, (laughs) 
It was funny because you know my dad was this big tough biker guy, but my, I was always like, nah, my mom, she'll beat up somebody's dad. Mm-hmm. Like she and she would do it justified too. <laughs> like anyway, so I, I don't know. Have you had any uh, bully experiences as an adult? Um. Hmm. Like, I don't think. I think people like me so little that they just stay away from me. You know, uh, like I don't know. There are a lot of people who like you, though. I don't think You're a so. likable person. I don't think so. I, I, I mean, no. Um, no. Most of my experiences were like people have been like mean to me and hurt me as an adult. I have been people who didn't. I didn't want to be in romantic relationships with. Sure, sure. That's like almost all of it. Um. Or like people I was trying to help make them feel better and then they got angry at me. Um, those were fun. It sounds great. <laughs> yeah. But uh but but I mean it's not I, I'm I'm a, I'm seeing it, of course. Like I'm seeing other adults do it to each other. Um it just doesn't happen to me that often unless you count someone t- saying that, oh, she's in her own little world as bullying. But that's a that's a little mm, shit. That's shitty. Yeah. Um. I mean stuff like that. But like I mean, uh, actually, I, at my last store, we were dealing with something that is just kind of starting to look like it was kind of bullying. Like it looked like there was an incident where somebody kind of went off and was like cursing and yelling in the store, and there were a bunch of people who were saying like, uh, you know, he was way out of line. And then, like, the, the deeper we went into it, the more it looked like it was being fabricated to get him fired. Oh. Um, so there's stuff like that. And it just sucks because, like, he's, he's like, a really nice dude, but he's a little bit weird. Yeah. And I could see him rubbing people the wrong way. Um, and one of those people might have, you know, he may have asked one of them out. And they said no. But as far as we're aware, that was it. But, like, it seems like they were a bunch of people who were deliberately trying to cause problems for him. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I see stuff like that. Mm. Yeah, that sucks. I'm sorry. Yeah, me too. Ugh. I Well, and this actually, though, this just feeds my theory, which is that I, that I am bullied more than most people in the adult, in adult life. Which but is okay. I, like I said, it's the the anti-MSG. It's show business makes everything worse. Because none of these bullies are like people I hung out with as teenagers. They're all people I met through making movies. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it makes sense, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm not a good person to talk to about this. Oh, you're actually, you're like the only person to talk to about this. Cause when that happened, I literally talked to you that last big mm-hmm. bullshit bully incident. Yeah. Uh, there's a reason bully is short for bullshit. I don't know if you knew that it's bully. Bullshit. Is it? it's, yeah. Well, I mean the B U L L bully bullshit. Uh, <laughs> I'm making things up because I, I I'm talking yeah. about, I'm being very vulnerable right now, uh, <laughs> but no, it, I don't know. It's, and it's crazy too, because I've had bullies from my past come out and apologize Mm -hmm. from like high school and middle school. And they all have almost the same story, really bad home life, really, you know, bad time in general, you know, abusive parents, 
and now they're trying to not be their parents as adults. So -hmm. they want to apologize because they remember bullying me. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was pretty, pretty epic to do that, to be, to be confident enough to say that and to be, cause it's, it's hard. Cause you know, they don't know me for all they know that uh, now, I mean, for all they know, they would say all that. And I'd be like, fuck yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I didn't, but I could have. Yeah. And that could have been very painful for them Mm -hmm. to put themselves out there like that and admit that they were so mistaken for so long and then Mm -hmm. just have that crapped on. So I say kudos to them very much. Also, some of them were like, and we bought your movies because we think it's really cool. I think it's really cool that you're like making movies. And I was like, all right, you win. (laughs) You're my friend. Thanks for listening. You can email us at thisshowisawkward at gmail.com or go to awkwardshow.com or whatever. See you next time.